All right. Hey, TJS fam. Welcome back to the Jesus Sampler and welcome to episode 17. For those of you who are new, I'm Peyton and I am so glad that you're here. Whether you've been part of the fam for a while or this is your first time listening, welcome. Hopefully you look at the episodes as a friendly conversation with yours truly about life and Jesus. And as always, I'm happy you're tuning in wherever you are, whether you're in the office, dorm room, walking across a college campus, waking up or winding down. Hi, thanks for making the Jesus Sampler part of your routine. And this week we are talking about feeling behind, whether it's in college, making friends, landing a job, moving out of your parents' house, having less plans and less friends or just feeling like you're running a marathon at a turtle's pace, life can make you feel behind sometimes. Let's get real about it. We get personal and real, and we're talking about all of that today. Hopefully this episode can help you guys in some way. The best part of your day starts right now. Buckle up because this episode is a good one, and let's go. Okay, so real quick story before we start. This is a pretty funny one. Um, So recently I went to go get my brows done and I pulled up to the place where I get them done and I get them threaded and I get out of my car, walk toward the door and the open sign is off. So I stop and start to turn around when all of a sudden the door opens and this kind of cute guy comes out. Gosh, I hope he's not listening, but what are the odds, right? He's probably not. And of course, it's the messy ponytail sweatshirt type of day. I can't win for anything. If you're a girl, you understand it. So voila, they aren't closed. Thank God, because the brows needed some work, to say the least. And me and this guy make eye contact and he's holding the door. And I forgot that sidewalks have curbs. And y'all, I full on trip in front of him and caught myself before busting my face on the pavement. No words were exchanged. I just walked in the salon and acted like that did not just happen. And that is just one event in the life of Peyton and is probably why I am still single. Anyway, you know what time it is. It is testimony time. This one, y'all, was so scary. And it happened on Thanksgiving of all days. So everyone had gone home for the night. And it's just me and my parents. And I'm winding down in a food coma when my dad starts looking for our dog, Annie. And just a side note, she is the cutest girl ever. She's a toy golden doodle and looks like a teddy bear. So dad pops into my room and asks if I've seen her. And I told him no. And we can't find her anywhere in the house or in the backyard. And at this point, my heart rate picks up. Like I'm starting to freak out a little bit. So my family is going around looking for driving and walking. And I throw on a sweatshirt and slippers. And let me tell y'all, I just washed my hair and it was freezing outside. So I'm running around the neighborhood with a flashlight and my hair is soaking wet. My hands were numb. It was so cold. And I started walking around the neighborhood, calling her name, nothing. I drove the neighborhood, came up empty handed. I got desperate. So I was walking up the road to my old elementary school. If you know where I live, I live down the street from an elementary school that I went to, hoping she had maybe possibly found her way up there. And my mind was going worst case scenario. And I started praying, just saying, please, Jesus, let us find her. Please, Jesus, let us find her over and over again through literal sobs. I was sobbing. Finally, we all huddled at the house and my heart dropped because we still didn't find her. And if you have a dog, you understand that they're like your best friend and a part of your family. I mean, they really are. 
So finally, me and my dad drive one final time around the neighborhood and head up the road a little, thinking the worst again. Don't find anything. And we head back in the house where my mom and sister are. And I'm walking up the porch stairs. And there, standing in the living room, is little Annie staring at me. She was under my dad's recliner the whole entire time. But the thing I took away from that, besides the fact that I need to fix my dog's microchip, is the characteristic of Jesus being a good shepherd. The story of leaving the 99 to find the one. Jesus would gladly walk through the freezing cold, pouring rain, the heat of flames, or a raging storm to find you again. He calls your name over and over, never loses hope, and always has open arms ready to embrace you again. It doesn't matter if you've strayed a few blocks or hundreds of miles, he waits for you all the same. And if you haven't accepted him, he still waits for your invitation of acceptance into your heart. Jesus is stronger than any addiction, any type of sin, your past, and any lie that the enemy is currently throwing at you. The pursuit never stops. It never ends with Jesus, and it's an everlasting type of pursuit, and I'm so grateful for that. And honestly, y'all, what a great thing that is to know that you're never a lost cause to him. All right, so the book of the Bible we're checking out today is the book of Titus, and the verse spotlight for this episode is chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. The theme of this book is the truth of God and how decisions on how we believe can greatly impact our lives. Now, this caught my attention, how we believe, H-O-W, how, not why we believe. For me, my why is because I've never met anyone who's done what Jesus has done for me or treated me like he has. And honestly, your why might be different from mine, but the how really gets you thinking. How usually implies actions. My question for you that I want you to ponder on for today's episode is, how are you believing in Jesus today? A quick recap of where we are in the Bible. We are back in the New Testament, y'all, and Paul, he's back again, is our author. And honestly, the guy didn't write much here. Surprisingly right. Let's be real for a second. What book of the Bible did this guy not write? He wrote most of the New Testament. But what he did say in this book was powerful, to say the least. Titus is pretty short, coming in at just three chapters, so you can literally read this in a day or less. So our guy Paul is encouraging Titus, someone he traveled with at one point, to not give up the faith. And let me just say that Paul taught a lot of people about Christ. He was a warrior, and I forget that he was just a man, a normal human, just like us, and he went through some tough stuff, but he still followed Jesus despite it all. And this book got me thinking about how little my problems are compared to Paul's. He was imprisoned three times in Rome, beaten, taken away from his friends, and ultimately killed. And I'm sitting here crying because I had a tough day at work. Safe to say, I want to start complaining less and become more grateful. And I'm mentally adding that to my New Year's resolution list. (laughs) All right, enough with the heavy talk. Back to the verse spotlight. We have two verses, again, but these are a pair. They fit so well together, I couldn't leave one out. If you want to flip there with me, again, that's Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. The verses read, 11, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Verse 12, Teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. 
And as I started reading this letter, it sounded to me like Paul was calling Titus to finish what he had started in Crete. Paul is telling Titus in chapter one, hey, I left you behind in Crete that you might set right what was defective and finish what was left undone. He calls Titus to appoint elders over churches in every city. Really, this reminds me of if you've ever seen Spider-Man, I know, just stick with me. The scene of with the great power comes great responsibility. Anyone remember that scene, recalling that scene? Comparing that to the letter, these people do have great power through Jesus to set people free, heal them and tell them about who Jesus is. Because keep in mind, this book is written after the death and resurrection of Christ. So his name had to have been known. And a great event like that doesn't get lost in the pages of history. I'm sure the soldiers, higher-ups, and rulers didn't want the story to be spread or even mentioned because they had their own way of doing things, belittling the citizens, throwing followers of Christ in prison, and probably tried in vain to forget it ever happened, to forget that Jesus came, forget that Jesus died, forget that Jesus rose again, just try to forget about it and push it to the back of their mind. But you have people like Paul that even after suffering in prison in Rome for only the first of three times, he still grabs pen and parchment and begins writing this letter to his friend Titus. And that's another thing, y'all. They were friends. History tells us that those two traveled together for 15 years, not 15 days, 15 years. And aren't you glad that the Bible is somewhat relatable? Just a little side note here. Like they were human, just like us. And I'm sure Paul got sad. We know he was a fiery type of person. He had a fiery personality, fearless, bold, and brave. But I wonder in those quiet moments in his cell when it was late and he was alone, did he ever think, God, am I really cut out for this? Maybe he remembered the times with Timothy or Titus, his friends, as they traveled together and a part of him ached for his friends. Remember, he was imprisoned, oftentimes alone. But even then in prison, he endured. That's the main thing. He endured through it all. He still kept praying, writing letters and encouraging people to choose Jesus. Paul was baptizing people, guys, in a river that just so happened to flow in the lower sections of the prison. So God has no boundaries. That's what this tells me. And even prison cells can't stop him. He always provides a way where he can show up, even in our darkest moments. And if Jesus showed up for Paul, I have some news for you. I want to tell you today, he will show up for you no matter the circumstances or situation that you're in. And personally, I feel like Jesus is calling us to do something similar to what Paul did in this story, to accept him as our Savior and invite him into our heart, or if you have already, start running toward him at full speed. How can I do that? You might be asking that question. Read your Bible to learn more about him. Plug into a local church and attend small groups so that you have fellow believers that can pour wisdom into your life and help when it comes to living your life for Christ. And this doesn't stop with your hand extended to invite him into your heart either. Can you imagine? Yes, that would still be great and amazing, but that's not the end. He ushers us to go and tell others about him, about how he came into the world in a manger in the countryside, how he grew up and had a job as a carpenter so he knows the struggles of our work life, how he gathered a crew and called them his disciples and friends only to be betrayed by one, Judas to tell them of the miracles he performed while on earth and how it all leads to a cross in a place called Golgotha, all the suffering and pain he took for our sake. And ultimately, we end up at a grave that on day one is closed with a stone, but on the third day, it was found open and empty. The stone rolled away. That is who I serve. 
that is who Jesus is. He still rolls stones away. He still raises the dead. He still heals the sick. He still delivers. He still sets free. His character has not changed. And that is amazing to me. So breaking down both of these verses, I am 80% sure I cried when writing the script outline for this episode because the Bible just has that effect on me. Let's reread the first five words, the grace of God. We're talking about the grace of God. So if we go back and we reread the first words here, it's verse 11, for the grace of God. This verse alone reveals a little bit more of the character of God. First off, what is grace? Maybe you're listening and you've never even heard the name of Jesus and this word is almost foreign to you. Don't worry, I got you. So grace simply means unmerited favor of God. Some ways that we as followers of Jesus can show grace to others include forgiving others who have hurt you in the past, living a life of gratitude, be kind to others, and show compassion. Because if we look at the life of Jesus, he shows us unending compassion and kindness over and over again. And we as believers have to live our life as a mere image of Jesus. The Bible tells us that we are made in his image and in his likeness. So I encourage you in every situation that you face, ask this question, what would Jesus do? And trade the hate for grace, y'all. I'm not saying accept sin. I'm saying Jesus died for everybody. Yes, he sat with the sinners, but here's the thing. He didn't sin with them. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 6.17, Jesus himself calls us to be set apart from the world. And to me, that's not a burden to bear, but an honor to carry the message of the gospel to others by being different and living for Christ. Not just talking about him every once in a while, but truly living for him each and every day. Like, think about it. When you love somebody, you like talking to them and about them. And it's no different with Jesus. He loves to talk to you but also loves to hear you telling others about him. So you might be asking, okay, Peyton, I get it. I get it. But what's the bottom line? What's your point? What is your point about grace? This whole grace thing, what's your point? The bottom line is extend grace to others because in our worst moments, Christ showed it to us. And y'all, I really studied this word and found some pretty interesting stuff. And a synonym for it is favor. And according to Compassion.com, God's grace is normally defined as God's undeserved favor. That means like salvation, also mentioned in this verse, it cannot be earned. It's freely given to us. And here's the thing about earning something. For me, when I know I have to work super hard in order to get whatever I'm striving for, I get nervous and start making a list of what all I have to do, the requirements. And sometimes I think I don't measure up. But God is saying today, there's no measuring up in me. Just take the gift. It's on the house. It's on me. Because he's not doing it because it's a requirement. God can do whatever he wants. Let's be honest here. He can do whatever he wants. It's not a I'm doing this because I have to type of thing. It's a I'm doing this because I want to type of thing. He does it because he wants to see you genuinely happy at peace. To have a real relationship with his son, Jesus. And another thing about these verses are it mentions how salvation is freely given to all men, to all people. That tells me that there is no sin too great, no hole too deep, no distance too far, and any there's no type of darkness that can keep you apart from him, that can keep you apart from Jesus. Christ chooses you over and over again, day in and day out, 24-7. And let me reassure you of some things right now. 
So number one, God is not tired of you. He loves to hear your voice, especially when it's directed toward him. And I saw a quote once that read something like, I'd rather get to heaven and see Jesus and hear him say, you kept me busy, kid, rather than looking him in the eyes and hear, it's nice to finally hear from you. Think about that for a minute. Think about how his heart must break in that moment to say that to someone and my heart breaks even just thinking about it. And spoiler alert, you are not behind. That is another thing I want to reassure you of. In fact, there's no behind in God. He doesn't run off a sense of time like we do. And buddy, am I glad about that because time can make you feel rushed. Oh, I have to have a job by this age, married by this age, and have kids in a house by this point. And if I don't, I'm a failure. No, you don't. If you don't take anything away from this episode, take this. God has you right where you need to be. And some hard truth hit me here too. It's not always about you. Sometimes you are put in a place or in a season for someone else's sake rather than your own. You could be the person that shows Jesus to them. And that is an amazing thing that you alone, you yourself, could be in, in that school in that college class that you can't stand, in the job that you keep going to day in and day out, even in the grocery store, stuck in traffic with, you know, your Jesus decal on the back of your car or a Bible verse in your bio, whatever it is, you might be that person for someone that, that you could show them Jesus. And that's truly an honor to be able to go out into the world and just tell people about Jesus. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be through words. I know I've touched on this before, but it can just be you live in your life fully and in honor of God and honoring him, honoring him through your actions, honoring him through your words, reading your Bible, going to small group, praying, going to church, and people through those actions can see Jesus in you. And finally, you're not a failure to God. You're not a failure to God. He loves you so much. There's nothing that you could do. There's no distance that you could run that he won't come and find you again. So you're not a failure to God. Everything works out for the good of those that love the Lord. And it's just amazing to see the plan that God orchestrated for your life. You might feel behind right now, but in a year, you might look back on this and say, hey, thank God I was going through this at that time because that showed me another characteristic of who God was. And I want to take a minute to talk to anyone who may be listening and you're hearing this episode and maybe you're starting to get this slight curiosity of wanting to know more about Jesus or even wanting a change in your life. Maybe you're struggling with things you're afraid to tell someone, you're tired of running on that same routine that still leaves you empty at the end of the day, or maybe you feel behind and don't know where to go from here. You're asking, okay, Peyton, I'm here, I'm listening to this podcast, now what? First off, nice to meet you. And second, thank you for making it this far and for not letting my voice annoy you. But I want you to know this, you can follow Jesus no matter how old you are, and no matter where you are. I know I've mentioned this before, but you can still be a Jesus follower on your college campus, high school, or on the job. My niece actually told me, this is pretty interesting. My niece told me in her high school, there's actually a prayer wall that got started in one of the, I think it's in, in one of the hallways. And remember y'all, that big baptism event at Auburn just a few months back, I'm telling you, Jesus is on the move. You guys, Jesus is on the move. And I saw a post on Instagram this week that hit me hard and it said, this generation was meant for Jesus. Now, before anybody gets upset, every generation is meant for Jesus, okay? No one is left out, but man, there is just something about ours. 
it's almost like Jesus is showing off in the best way possible with us. And also speaking of our generation, I found some interesting stats about us this week, y'all. And I noticed some things and I really wanted to talk about them because they really play into feeling behind in a way. So 73% of our generation feel lonely or left out, 61% battle anxiety. And the funny thing about this is the Bible has verses that immediately speak against anxiety, against feeling left out, against feeling lonely. Jesus purposely placed verses like Joshua 1.9 and 1 Peter 5.7 that combat our biggest issues. And we're going to read those today. So let me just get my Bible here. And let's start with Joshua 1.9. Let me see here. Joshua 1.9 says, and again, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, Joshua 1, chapter 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that is a great promise. I seriously love that verse. It was in my Instagram bio because honestly, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus is there with you if you've accepted him into your heart. And if, if you haven't accepted him, he wants to be in that place with you. He's waiting for you to turn and accept him and offer him your hand and say, please come into my life and help me out. So the second verse that I want to touch on is 1 Peter 5, 7. So let's flip there really fast. All right, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. And in one of the translations, it actually says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus isn't just sitting there watching you go through your life and you hit a hard moment. He's just like, ah, let's see what happens. No, he wants you to come to him and say, Jesus, I'm struggling right now. Please help me. And he'll help you. And some, some of the things that he does um, in my life personally that I've seen is he'll lead me to a Bible verse that speaks directly to my situation. He'll speak to me in a time of prayer and say, I'm right here. I've always been here. Just keep going. Just keep walking because you don't know who is watching your life and saying, okay, if they can get through that, then Jesus must be real. Or if they can get through that, then I know Jesus can help me. And something that I really want to touch on here too is testify. Get up and, and tell your testimony because you don't know the impact your words could have on another person. And honestly, it's pretty funny because it's like Jesus puts on a boxing glove and just whacks the devil in the face and says, you thought you had them in the first half with the anxiety and the trouble and everything that you've been putting on them lately, the heavy load. You really did. But you forget that I conquered you already. And I still have the keys to death, hell and the grave, by the way. That is all still conquered. I still rose again. I'm still alive. And I had an aha moment in this part, okay? And this might sound dumb, but I don't care. The keys are literally describing sin. The Bible says that even one sin is worthy of death. Hell is the ultimate destination if we don't get our heart in line with Jesus. Just some hard truth there. And the grave is where sin leads to. And Jesus is the opposite of all that. I mean, literally, he's the way, the truth, and the life. He offers everlasting life upon accepting him. Boom, goodbye, death replaces a life in hell with an eternity in heaven. And y'all, he defeated the grave itself over 2,000 years ago. When you say yes to him, he walks into your life. The grave that the enemy has you stuck in, that dark place where you feel sad and alone, he rolls back that stone, revealing a light and love like you've never known. He brings you out of the darkness of sin and into his light. And it's not to expose just how bad you are, but I believe it's to show you that you are worth saving. You are worth the suffering, the long nights of praying, 
and the loneliness and temptations in the wilderness, you are worth dying for to Jesus. And I'm going to get real here, okay? Jesus wants every single version of you. The you that slips up, goes to parties, wakes up, hungover, is anxious about passing finals and graduating, that deep down you are fighting loneliness even in the most crowded rooms, that cries in bed at night, that smiles for the pictures but is struggling, that fears what will happen if you break the cycle of sin that keeps you running full speed to only stay rooted in place. Jesus is yelling over all the noise every single time. That's the one I want right there. And it's no different when you've been following Christ either. Trust me, I know this feeling. He wants you. Jesus wants you, despite the fact that you missed reading the Bible, forgot to pray, walks past your seat at God's table, and didn't think about inviting him to yours. He still says, I want you. I still want you. I still love you. You've got me for life. You're stuck with me. All it takes is one prayer either way. Jesus, please forgive me and help me out. And the great thing about Jesus is he doesn't wait to come close to you or let that fear creep in. He doesn't let that fear just easily creep in. He doesn't stay silent for just long enough for that thought that you've gone too far to enter your mind. He takes your hand and pulls you to your feet and says, I've got you. I will always be here for you. Let's keep going. And something I plan to do more of and I know I need to work on is having more conversations with you guys. So here it goes. I have been struggling lately. I know I always try and be positive and upbeat because that's my goal to help others see Jesus and encourage them. But man, I've been in a tough spot recently regarding feeling behind. Um, And then November 12th happened. At like 1.30 in the morning, I was laying in bed scrolling through Instagram reels and I just kept thinking about how behind I am. I'm so behind. Sorry if my voice starts to get a little weird. I might, I may start crying a little here. Sorry, y'all. Like, have you ever had that type of cry where you cry so hard that you can't even speak and you try to catch your breath but can't? That was me at that moment. And I just started to pray. I mean, really pray, pour out my heart, apologize for not spending time with Jesus, telling him how far behind I feel in life how my heart just really hurts. Then I heard a voice and I knew immediately that it was God say, I'm here. I've always been here. And right then I got a lesson. In the times where it is most needed, God will speak to you 100%. He knew I would pray before the words even formed in my mind that night, before the tears started flowing because that's who he is. He's caring and kind. And I'm so grateful that he didn't push me away or talk down to me, but comforted me. He is a God of comfort, and also Jesus knows what it's like to cry and be super upset too because he was tempted in every way, which we are, but without sin. But that's why he can get personal and we can feel the effect of the compassion when he speaks to us and says, I can relate, let me help you out. And we can't forget that we do have an enemy. And something else I took away from the late night cry session was the devil will do whatever he can to deter you from getting close to God. And I'll be honest, if the enemy is fighting you really hard right now, remember this. He is trying to keep you from knowing Jesus, from giving your heart to him, or if you, if you know him, from growing your relationship with him. If we neglect our time with Jesus, only read our Bible eh, maybe once or twice a week, don't bother to pray, and don't ever spend time with God, In my case, my life starts to get a little more cluttered, so to speak. We provide the enemy with more footholds in our life when we do that. More places that he can pick on and use against us to make us feel defeated. But there's always a but with God, y'all. There's always a but God moment. If we start giving Jesus more time, our load 
will become lighter. You'll start feeling less anxious and more calm. You'll feel that anger that seems to always pop into nearly every situation subside. And you'll feel that thought of, I'm so behind, leave. Because again, there's no behind in God. That's because when we place Jesus into more areas of our life, the enemy has to leave and take everything with him. His schemes and tricks, the negative feelings of I'm behind and I'm a failure. He has to flee because he can't stay in the presence of someone who has already defeated him and taken back to the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He can't stay in the presence of God because he has already been defeated by him. Amen to that. That is so good. And also, y'all, let me give you some sweet reassurance right now. Jesus doesn't want a relationship to simply get your worship or to make you a servant, but to show you an unconditional type of love that you won't find anywhere else in the world. Like I will tell you right now, there's no alcohol, there's no party, there's no friend group, there's no social media app, there's no job, there's no amount of money that can compare to knowing Jesus. There's nothing sweeter. Literally have this as a screensaver on my iPad right now. There's nothing sweeter than knowing Jesus. There's nothing that compares to knowing him, to truly, truly knowing him. And also, here's the thing. I just want to talk about this for a second. Let me get real. God doesn't want you to isolate yourself from the world and society to live like a hermit. Okay? Newsflash. He wants you to go into your workplace, school, neighborhood, college, grocery stores, wherever, in, insert where you go daily. I don't know your daily routine like you do. Wherever you might go daily and tell the world about him. Just like our verse spotlight says, Jesus isn't telling us to accept him and stay cooped up in the house all the time. We are called to shine our light in this world, not to hide it or keep it just for ourselves. So I encourage you, share your witness with others. Share your testimony with others and show them that there's a better life to live outside of a constant feeling of fear, anxiety, feeling behind, insecurity, all the things we talked about today. And there really is, I can't say this enough because it is so true, there really is no behind in Jesus. In fact, if we start feeling behind, I think we should start to pray that we gain more trust in God and his plan for our life. That feeling behind mentality is the enemy's way of getting us to doubt Jesus. That's a truth bomb right there. Let me say that again. That feeling behind mentality is the enemy's way of getting us to doubt Jesus. Oh my gosh, the time has come. The giveaway has officially closed. And the winner is Miss Sarah Jane Tester. Congrats, girl. I met her, just a little backstory. I met her at a tent revival in Mount Airy, North Carolina about two years ago. And let me tell y'all, she is just the sweetest ever. Love her so much. Oh my gosh, you have no idea how excited I am to give you the sweatshirt and the decal. Please, please post about it and tag us at the Jesus Sampler with you in the Cozy Crew. Now, if you want a sweatshirt, y'all don't panic because we may or may not be selling some in the near future, especially with the holidays, with Christmas right around the corner. We may or may not start selling crewnecks. Just a little hint there. You'll have to keep tuning in and watching our Instagram to stay updated on that, by the way. So stay tuned in and you won't miss it. The best news is Jesus news. And that is our goal here to spread this awesome news that Jesus lives and changes lives and he can change yours. All right, as always, let's close the episode with a prayer. Dear Jesus, 
Thank you for another day to grow closer to you, for always encouraging us and showing us unending love. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I thank you that there is no behind in you, that you are always looking ahead, that you have plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. Help us to gain the courage to tell others about you, to spread the good news of the gospel, and to share our witness and tell our testimony of just how you changed our life so that we may go and change others for your sake. We love you so much, Jesus. Amen. And with that, episode 17 has reached the end. Don't forget to hit that follow button at the top. Give us a five-star rating. The more rates we get, the more people we reach. So we always are looking for new people to reach with the podcast. And click the bell to get all the notifications for the future because you don't want to miss it. Share the show with someone for encouragement or to introduce them them to Jesus. And a quick shout out to the TJS family. I appreciate all of you for sticking with me listening to me ramble and talk about the Bible and life once a week and showing support. It means more than you will ever know. Again, follow our Instagram at the Jesus Sampler to stay updated on the show and to watch some fun reels. Um, I might post my gingerbread making last night. Um, safe to say I did not. I'm not a baker. I'm, I'm just not, cooking is not my forte, okay? Uh, the gingerbread, we're not gingerbreading, if that tells you something. And as always, don't forget to tell someone about Jesus today, and I will catch you all in the next episode. Have a great weekend. Have a great day, night, evening, whenever you're listening, and I will see you guys next time. Bye! 